Hello, I'm Jonathan Smith. I'm the lead pastor at One Church TO, and you're listening to the teaching time from our weekend gathering. We're an imperfect community of over 70 nationalities and five generations who are attempting to follow and shine Jesus in the greater Toronto area. Our vision, it's so simple. We want to help people from all walks of life know God, love people, and in turn, impact our city for good. We've designed these weekends to be meaningful, challenging, and encouraging, and I hope that's what you get from listening. What do baking, puppy dogs, and seminary courses all have in common? Well, since COVID, they've got something in common. Listen, do you know that since COVID, that uh, grocery stores have been running out of flour because so many people are baking at home now? Uh, there's, there, there's, there's a two to three year waiting list for some puppy dogs uh, because so many want a puppy dog for some reason during COVID. And, uh, and maybe you've been thinking, I'll take a seminary course, but, you know, somewhere's out there in my future. What about right now, the opportunity that you have right now? COVID has us thinking so differently about so many uh, different things. It's not just travel and commute to work and working with uh, digital help. It's not just shopping and not just those things, but it just sort of has been this global pause in so many areas of our routine that now gets us thinking, what about doing that part of my life in the future a different way? Coming out of COVID, it's, I'm going to do this different. My wife, Esther, and I have been talking about this so much, just about how, you know, with family and uh, pastoring and, and, and contribution of our lives, Lord, what do you want us to be about going forward? It's just, just been a wonderful opportunity. It's sort of, it's sort of like the, uh, I remember it was in this room, and so good to see some in this room. I know who you are even with those masks on. <laughs> And, but right at the end of a, of, a, of a Sunday service, one of our young people who had been out of high school, he graduated from high school months ago, but I talked to him right up here at the end of the service, and he said, you know, I've been thinking, apparently I said something in the teaching that related, he said, I've been thinking about how I got up every day, went to high school, so concerned about how I would come across, I had to impress, had to be cool to all these high school classmates that I had. He said, now, I've, it's been months since I've been in high school, I don't cross paths with them. Why did I work so hard to impress people, show them how successful I am, how cool I am, for people that are not even part of my life's orbit anymore? You know, I sort of experienced something of that where I returned to um, a church that Esther and I pastored in Edmonton for nine years. Church tripled, uh, in, in, doubled in size every three years. And uh, it, lots of people came to know Jesus. And, and we were going back to be the anniversary speaker of a special anniversary. And of course, leadership and a lot of changes in the church. And, and I was waiting in the pastor's office just to go to be the anniversary speaker at this church we had poured our lives into. And the door of the pastor's office opened, and a guy I found out later was the youth pastor, looked in, and he said, who are you? And I said, Keith Smith. He just shrugged, closed the door, and walked out. <laughs> it's sort of like the fellow that, you know, worked so hard at his job. And then he wrote this. He said, I spent my entire life 
climbing the ladder of success only to get to the top and find out it was leaning against the wrong wall. I want to invite you to reconsider success, what real success looks like, to rethink. See, right now, what, what about you? Whether you're online or in this room, what, what do you think success is? If you Google it, you'll find that it's all over the place. Listen to some of the Google definitions. Success is doing your personal best. Success is learning to do something new every day. Success is getting to a place where you have more leisure and easier life. Success is the opposite of failure. Success is winning. Success is getting up one more time than you fall down. Someone said, if at first you don't succeed, skydiving is not for you. <laughs> and, then, and then I came across this uh, news story just a few days ago. Did you know Gucci, the famous fashion designer, came out with a pair of jeans. They deliberately stained them with grass stains. And they charged $1,200 Canadian for them. I thought, man, you know, I, Esther's, my wife has been missing it. I came in from working outside, dirty, grass stains all over my jeans, and she just doesn't want me to come in like that. You know what I'm saying? Now I know what to say. Esther, I'm just being successful. <laughs> These jeans are worth a lot, you know? But our idea of success is not a whole lot different than it has been throughout the history of humanity, including the disciples of Jesus Christ. We've been, this whole year, 2020, in the Jesus Project, tracking with Jesus and his disciples through the Gospel of Luke. So let me remind you, remember, when, remember one of the first times that they met, uh, they, they were following Jesus? I mean, it was all about money, power, and popularity, right? Those were the three biggies. Money, Whoever, you know, like the boomer uh, billboard says, he who dies with the most toys wins. And then power, you know, whoever gets the top position wins, or popularity. Uh, she who gets the most likes on Instagram wins. You know, it hasn't changed a whole lot. Jesus' disciples, do you remember that time where Jesus got up early in the morning, he went to pray to Father God, looking to the Father for direction for that day. And people are looking for Jesus. So the disciples, some of them start scouting out, where is Jesus? They find him praying to the Father, and they basically say, Jesus, what are you doing here praying to God? You've got people looking for you. In other words, it's bad for business. You could have all these people as your followers. And it didn't get any better. They just kept defaulting back. Jesus would tell them, this is what success looks like. They default back into it. Remember when Jesus fed the thousands with the loaves and fishes, the miracle of multiplication, and the people just think this is great. Oh, Jesus, free fish and chips will follow you anywhere. This is great being a Christian. And and. This one of the gospels says that the people, Jesus was rising so high in the popularity polls, the people wanted to make Jesus king by force. You, you be king of the Jews, free us from the Roman oppression. We'll, we'll crown you as our king right now. They want to make king by force. You know what Jesus does? It's strong words in the Greek language that we translate into our English today. He had to make them get into the boat and go to the other side of the lake. 
He had to make them. Why? Because they're confused. Come on, Jesus. This is no time to shut down your social media. Rise on the popularity. Look at all the followers you can have. And then Luke 9, if you're with us uh, in the Jesus um, series, this Jesus Project series, Luke 9. We've been in Luke, and we're going to look at two separate passages from Luke. We'll look at one in just a moment. Let's just set it up. This, this one that I'm going to read first happens when Jesus is on the mountain of transfiguration. Why is it called that? Because Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the Old Testament prophets, and God's voice says, just like at Jesus' baptism, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You're right on track in the mission because Jesus is now leaving Galilee about to head to the cross in Jerusalem. And it's just a very sacred experience. Guess what the disciples are talking about? Guess what their conversation topic is when they're coming down the side of the mountain? They're talking about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. All this does is just stir it up. Oh, he's going to set up his kingdom someday. Who's going to get the top position? And notice this. In order for one of them to have the top position, that meant the others would have a lesser position. Why is success in our culture, always about someone having to be a loser. We always compare ourselves to someone else and, 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 and determine how successful we are if we're better off than they are. Watch how Jesus just walks right into the middle of that with an amazing illustration here. His disciples began arguing about which of them was the greatest. But Jesus knew their thoughts. So, he brought a little child to his side. Then he said to them, anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf welcomes me, and anyone who welcomes me also welcomes my Father who sent me. Whoever is the least among you is the greatest. Can you picture it, though? I mean, come on. It's, it's been solidified in their minds, their definition of success and uh, Jesus just can't get them to break out of it. So you could just picture it now. Jesus says, guys, do you want to know who the greatest is? Yes. Jesus, we were just talking about that. Actually, Jesus, we're often talking about that. Jesus says, okay, okay. And he amps up the expectations a bit because he says, whoever welcomes, and that was a, you know, that was a code word for giving special honor to someone. Whoever welcomes. And so Jesus is basically saying, ladies and gentlemen, may I present to you the recipient of the most successful person award, this little child. <laughs> this little child. You can just imagine that Disciples say, don't get it. Don't. Come on, come on, Jesus. How can this little child be voted in as most successful by you? She doesn't even have any money. Matter of fact, Jesus, kids cost money. Money for diapers, money for braces, money for computer games, money for jeans, power. Oh, Jesus, come on. He, he, this child needs a permission slip from her parents for anything. She does not have any power of her own. Popularity? 
Okay, she's popular with her grandparents, but grandparents are so biased that their opinion doesn't count. Money, power, popularity. So don't miss this now. Don't miss it because Jesus doesn't want it. He's got this child standing beside him. He's saying, don't miss this. God does not measure your success by how much money you have, how much power you have, or how popular you are. And watch this too. Watch this now. God does not measure your success by comparing you to someone else. All you have to do to be successful in God's eyes is just to be born on this planet. And when you are a child, you're already great, you're already wanted, you're already valuable, you're already, you're already pre-installed with a spiritual success capacity. You're made in God's image. Do you remember another time in Luke where they were trying to corner Jesus, trying to trap him? So they sent out, the religious leaders sent out a group of people with the question and they said, you know, Jesus, you know, you're smart and you're spiritual, you have all the answers and you know how the Romans have oppressed us and we're under illegitimate Roman rule. We're the people of God. We're supposed to be ruling and reigning here. And so Jesus, should we even pay taxes? And Jesus says, give me a Roman coin. Whose image is on this coin? Caesar's. And Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and God what is God's. You can just see him with this child there basically saying the same thing. Whose image is on this child? Whose image? God's image. The give to God. Listen, listen, how many of you listening to me online and in this room in Toronto... You're trying to do life without, without God. You were only made to do life with God. That's what makes you human. That's what makes you different from all the other, others in the animal kingdom is you were made in the image of God. You say, yeah, but it's broken. Something's gone wrong. Look at humanity. We've lost our way. That's right. And that's exactly why Jesus left heaven to come to earth to restore that image of God, to give us the potential to have a second chance at the life that God wanted us to have for all of eternity. That's another great thing about you. Do you know that you are created with a capacity to live forever? <laughs> he who believes in me, Jesus said, will have everlasting life, eternal life. Oh, listen, when we, when we really get that truth in us, when we understand, I, right from birth, I made in the image of God, I have something of the most powerful being of the universe happening in me. And he wants it to happen even when I leave this body and go to heaven. He wants it to happen forever. Oh, there is something that happens in every human being when they really get the gospel of Jesus Christ. When they realize whoever says I'm not rich, I am rich. Because I have the riches of Jesus Christ lavishly poured out into my life. 
I, I, am I powerful? Listen, I have dwelling in me the power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Am I popular? Oh, I am with God. He's always thinking about me. Even when I own, went my own way, he sent his son to die for me because he wanted to be with me throughout all eternity. He never stops thinking about me when we really understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what it does? Three actions. Number one, it frees us. It frees, we free ourselves from the comparison trap by living for the one that we were made to please. I don't know how many of you listening to me right now, you need to just say, okay, here's a step for me. Here's the next step for me. I'm going to start thinking more about what God thinks of me and stop comparing myself to other people and thinking about what they think of me. Stop being bullied by everybody else's view of success and say, Jesus, if I'm successful to you, that's what matters the most. Right on? And then, and then secondly, start with the end of your life, then spend from now until then going for what is most successful at the end. How many know there's three stages of life? There's your childhood and youth. There you have time and energy, but you don't have money, right? And then you move into the, uh, the working years, your family years. There you have, uh, you may have some money and you may have energy, but you don't have time, right? Then you move into your senior years. They tell me about those years. You have time and money, but you don't have any energy. <laughs> what stage are you at right now? Pastor Jonathan and I have spent time with people near the end of their life. And I, I, I've sat there. It's almost like a sacred time with people. You hear about their regrets and confessions and things that they wish they had done differently. You know, and, and I've been with them. And some of them, they have big bank, big bank accounts, but they have a shriveled soul. Or they, they, they've been successful in their vocation amongst their peers, but they're estranged from their family. Sad to say, most of the successes in this life, they're going to be leaving behind when they die, and they don't have a whole lot stored in their future where they're going to spend eternity in heaven. And it's not the time for me as pastor to say, yeah, you should have regrets, you know. Yeah, you sure messed up when it came to your family. No, no. It's a time to say, what about whether it's hours or years, but from now until the end of your life, what about saying, Jesus, I'm going to go for what is successful in your eyes, what will outlive me, outlast me, and what I will take with me to heaven. That's what I want to focus on from here and going forward. Listen, did you ever see the, the movie Gates of Splendor? It's the true life story of Jim Elliott, who sensed that God wanted him to go to unreached peoples and tell them about the love of Jesus. His wife, his children came with them. And, but he went into Ecuador, and then he went away from them into a tribe that he had been reaching out to, and they'd been responding, but they ended up killing him. You say, well, what a loser. That's very unsuccessful. Until you, 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 And the story comes out from his wife and his daughter. They ended up moving right into that village where their husband and dad were, was martyred, and they began to tell those people about the forgiveness, and they had to listen, and the love 
of Jesus Christ. And a lot of them became followers of Jesus. I kept reading about a story about how many other people went out all over the world to tell others about the love of Jesus because they were inspired by Jim Elliot. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Listen to what he says now. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit his very self, his very soul? I have to ask this question. How many are, how many right now... If you look at your life, you're going for successes, but most of the successes you're going for are going to die with you. But I want to ask you, what are, you are you living for successes that God made you to live for? Successes that last forever. Now, some of you that are hearing me today, maybe you're trying to do your life without Jesus. You're trying to do your life without a Savior, without the God that wants you restored to him, without knowing that you have eternal life. I, I'm, I'm going to pray at the end of our teaching. And then Pastor Jonathan will give you some instructions after our teaching time about how you can begin following Jesus and how we want to help you as a church. You know, I've been so excited, Pastor Jonathan, about this series that you've led our church family into during this fall season because I talk to so many pastors and here, especially from churches, and they're saying, well, we can't do this because of COVID. We have to stop doing that because of COVID. We can't do any outreach because we can't do the, we can't care for our people because of, I am so thankful for what Pastor Pastor Jonathan and has been leading our staff into in terms of, you know, caring for people. How many, how many, you know, we're not saying if you've begun to follow Jesus and you want to declare it, you want to follow him by declaring it through water baptism, we're, we're saying just register. We'll find a way to do this safely, protecting everybody's health, but we're going to find a way to do it. And you know, I Alpha, we've got people all around the world who have taken this course that allows them to ask freely any questions, any doubts, or just wherever they're coming at, uh, with regards, whatever state they're in spiritually, whatever religious background they come from, and they're taking Alpha. They're finding that there are people that are taking Alpha that maybe wouldn't have gone to a physical gathering, but they'll show up for Alpha online. Can you, listen, when you go to heaven, can you imagine having anything greater happen than someone there in heaven because you invited them to something like Alpha where they found out about Jesus and they began their spiritual journey with him that led them into joining you in heaven someday. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, that, that just, there's nothing. Listen, and then don't miss the first weekend of November. We, Pastor Jonathan and Jerry are going to be talking to us about being a love army. And it's not just a conceptual thing. It's boots on the ground army. We are going to be able to do some unignorable actions in Jesus' name that will love people and help them and impact this city of Toronto. So don't say, so listen, 
These are things that are successes that when you get to heaven, you will be so glad. You said, okay, between now and when I go to heaven, I'm going to be involved in successes. I'm going to be involved in what I'll be glad I was involved in when I get to see Jesus face to face. Right on? And then, and then third, and third, use whatever successes you have as tools to make others successful. You see, we're not saying don't be successful with finances and the position that you have. You know, promotion comes from the Lord and, and the blessings of God, they should be enjoyed and appreciated. We're saying, we're saying that they can be blessings of God, but we're also saying don't make them a goal, let them be a tool. A tool to do what? Well, let money be a tool to be generous. Meet your own needs, meet your family's needs, but be generous in helping others. How many know when you do, you're storing up treasures in heaven? That's successful. That's lasting success. Power. Whatever power you have, it's an opportunity to empower others. Whatever popularity you have, that's a platform for you to shine for Jesus and let people know that you don't live for popularity, you live for Jesus. You see, all of the, these things will outlive you. They'll outlast you, and when you get to heaven, you'll be saying, oh, am I ever glad I went for the success that Jesus teaches his disciples to go for. Jim Elliot, it's almost like he knew how his life would end. Here's what he wrote before he died. He said, he is no fool who gives up what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Next week, I'll be teaching us about uh, how to get there, how to get to that kind of success. But right now, can I pray for your success? Can I pray that you would be successful? I'm going to pray for all of our success in just a moment. But first, can I pray with those who are saying, I'm doing life without Jesus. I'm doing life without a Savior. I'm doing life without the one who died in the cross to give me forgiveness, the one who rose from the dead so that I can have eternal life. I'm doing life without him. But Pastor Keith, if you'll pray with me today, lead me in a prayer, and I'm going to ask Jesus to come into my life. I'm going to do the rest of my life with Jesus. Let's pray together. If you're opening your heart to Jesus, just whisper these words right where you are. Jesus, I open my life to you. And I ask you to come in. Thank you for dying on the cross to cleanse away all the wrongs I've done. Cleanse me now, I pray. Cleanse away all that I've done to hurt myself and people. All that I've done to mess up my relationship with you, cleanse that away. And come in and give me a new life. I'm going to stumble and fall in this new life, but you'll be there to pick me up again. I want to follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life, right into heaven when I die. <laughs> now, if you prayed that prayer with me, just thank Jesus for coming into your life. And Pastor Jonathan and Richard hosting today are, are, are going to give you some, some helps just to keep you taking more steps as you follow Jesus. But let me pray for every one of us. Lord, I pray for everyone, for every teenager, for every senior and everybody in between. I pray that we would reconsider the way we think about success. We're so pressured by our world to think about it 
the way the disciples were, help us, Lord, to free ourselves from comparing ourselves and trying to find our success at the expense of other people. Lord, from now until the end of our lives, help us to go for success in what matters. Help this series, Lord, that starts today to really help us move forward in that and help every one of us to use whatever success we have as a tool to help others be successful in what matters. We pray this for each one and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Love you, church. Thanks for listening. If you found this helpful, we hope you join us at one of our campuses if you're in the GTA for a weekend gathering. If you're listening from somewhere else in the world, we'd encourage you to join us at onechurch.to slash live. We believe everyone can be a part of what Jesus is doing both in our community and in our city. So if you'd like to connect with us at a deeper level, visit us at onechurch.to slash next steps. See you next time.